Welcome to Brew Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up-to-date information on training, nutrition, lifestyle and business with your host, Helda Barroso. Hey guys, uh, Helda Barroso here with another episode of the Brew Success Podcast. Today, I'm uh, very pleased to have one of my good friends who I've known for a few years um, uh, here from Leicester, uh, Bali Singh. You probably would have known him um, by Rich List, Bali Singh. So Bali, welcome, mate. Hi, hi everyone. Thank you very so much. Very happy to be on this show. Awesome. Thank you so much for having, taking your time to uh, be on the show. I know that you're a busy guy, so I really appreciate your time, buddy. Before we start going to anything else, I just want you to introduce to anybody who might not know who you are, tell them a bit more about yourself, what you're about, where you've come from, uh, what you do. So um, what my companies do, we do quite a few different things. One of our main thing is, one of our main things is um, Formula One events. So we do the hospitality, the before, the after parties, and the race viewing. Um, we cover Monaco, Vietnam, um, Singapore, and Abu Dhabi, um, and a few more areas. But we have people like Lewis Hamilton come to my parties, um, Alonso, you know, we get celebrities. The weekend comes to my, has come to my party with his girlfriend, Bella, wow. at that time. Um, so, you know, we, we get celebrities coming to our events. Um, that's one of our businesses. Um, then we do concerts. Cool. Um, people like David Guetta, Tiesto, DJ Snake, doing concerts. That's another segment to the business. And then we have consultancy, which we consult to nightclubs, venues where we basically, um, we do the whole setup of, if somebody says, I want a nightclub venue setting up, we do the concept, the night, not the night, sorry, the the layout of the club, yeah. the way it's going to be, the kind of client, tell it once. Um, that's the other pros, uh, company we own, which is Hocko Agency. And then we have another section in the company, yeah. which um, consults for governments. Wow. So Singapore okay. government, Abu Dhabi government, we wow. advise and we work on different projects with them. Wow, okay. And how did this whole thing come about? What, what, how did you start the business? Um, what were you doing before the business? Uh, how did it come about? Oof, it's a long story. Um, Put it into so, as short as you can. Okay. So I started off my uh, career in Leicester when it came to promotions and night, nightlife. Well, you were born in Leicester, right? Yeah, born, yeah, born in Leicester. Um, I was actually born in Corby. Corby? Yeah. Oh, I didn't uh, that. There's a hospital there in between. So I was, okay. uh, I think it was between Corby and Kettering, there was a hospital. Anyway, that's where I was born. Right. So, uh, and then I was moved to the Ross, but I was born and bred in Leicester. I started off with A-level results parties. Right. So when the A-level results used to come out, I used to throw, with some guys I know, used to throw these parties. Uh, they used me because I was a little bit handy in those days with the kickboxing. Yes. And these guys were a little bit timid and they said, Bali, if we have any problems, do you mind coming in? And I saw the business and I saw the opportunity and I wanted to expand in it. So I started doing my one-off events. How old were you then? 
19? No, I was um, I was 18, 17, 18, 18 then. So yeah, it was A-level results. That entrepreneurship so, yeah. was in you from a very young age. I think the entrepreneurship came from my father. I was going to ask you that. Because from the age of, ever since I could talk, yeah. I was working. And my father gave me that mentality. I can still remember now when we owned a, my, my dad, we had, a, we had a factory, well, not a factory, a sewing machine and a cutting table in yeah. the back, in the garage. So, so my mom- Textiles. Textiles and my mom and my mom used to sew the jumpers. We used, me and my sisters used to turn the jumpers inside out and pack the jumpers. Wow. My dad used to cut the material um, and my dad used to go deliver it. So, you know, my dad started and then on the weekends we used to go do markets. So yeah. we, me and my dad used to go to the seaside, to yeah. markets. So, you know, it, it's always been in my blood. And my, I, I've always seen my parents work. Graft. And I think that mentality came back to me. Yeah. But you know what? This is, this is why uh, people don't realize how important the, 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 their upbringing is. And of course. You know, this is one of the things that I see a lot with people that are successful in life. Typically, their, their background, their parents are very hardworking parents themselves. And they've come from a background of, of working really hard to build up their own businesses or whatever that they do. And, and that kind of rubs off on, on their children. It reminds me a little bit like Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know who he is, Gary V. Um, oh yeah, Gary V, of course, yeah. yeah. So Gary V is very similar to you. His daddy used to ha own a, um, a wine shop. And he worked there from the age of 15, you know, helping his dad out. And now obviously, and that was in his blood because from a young age, you know, yeah. he's, he's seen his dad doing what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, I actually saw, I, w I went on to his lives the other day. Yeah. We had a lot of time on us. Uh, and he was drinking wine with his dad and they were talking about the wine. Amazing. So that's where it came from. Yeah. Um, so, similar you know, to you, right? Yeah. Well, I think he's a bit bigger than me, but. Um, well, yeah, yeah. But you, you're going to get there. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. My business is not social media. Yeah. So um, I think one thing I'd like to send out message um, to kids out there. When our parents make us work, yep, and we want to sit on our Xboxes and our PSPs or whatever we, we want to do, they do it for a reason. Yep. To give you that mentality and make you more, more resilient. Sharp yeah. To what, they're trying to prepare you to for life. For life. So don't take it in a bad way when your dad goes, okay, if your dad's got a corner shop, there's nothing wrong with a corner shop. Nothing. If, your dad, if your dad's a plumber and he makes you come to work with him on the weekend, or if your dad's an electrician, take that as a lesson that you're learning before your friends are learning. Because while your friends are sitting, playing their Xboxes or their mm. PSPs or their PS4s or whatever they may do, or trying to become a social media influencer. Yes, yes. Yep. You're learning a skill that you can take. For the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. So don't take your parents the wrong way because they're right. Because you might become a social media influencer, but you might not. The, the chances, what, what are you going to do? The chances, mom and dad are, going to be there. the chances that you're probably not. You know, it's going to be a very slim chance for most people to become social media influencers. Of course. Yeah. So, but I think we're living in that world right now, don't we? That everybody looks at social media. They think, well, you know, I want to be the next uh, yeah. Justin Bieber, whatever it might be, you know. Uh, and it doesn't work that way. And you're absolutely correct. That's a great message to, to put across there. And you know, the thing is, kids nowadays, as you say, you know, they've got it easy. Um, back, back in our day, when there was not PlayStations and there wasn't uh, PSPs as much as there is now. I remember when we used to walk to school. Yeah. yeah. It was three miles. It was nothing. 
Yes. Trying to get a child to walk three miles to school now. It's like they're, it going, to call, they're going to call child um, support line on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? That's abusing your child, making them through walk three miles. We used to walk in the rain, sleet, snow. We did a matter. Yeah. It used to be fun. Yeah. But it used to go. Oh, I'm going to walk to school in the snow. Hundred percent. Now, oh my God, it's snowing. The world's changed, mate. The world's yeah. changed hugely. Uh, uh, anyway, um, as we were talking about yeah. how I ended up where we I mean, what you are know, you doing? Yeah. Um, so that's where I first started. And then I got an opportunity and in a nightclub in Leicester. And you might know, remember, um, I think it was called Flaming Colossus. Flaming Colossus. Yep. I knew you were so, going to say that because I remember yeah. you from there. Yep, so Luxor, before, I used to get on with the managers. They used to like me. I used to be a client, used to go in there, mind my own business, yep. uh, used to hang out with them. And then one of the managers, one weekend, one, 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 one day anyway, gave me a call and said, Bali, I might have an opportunity for you. I got very excited because in those days, there wasn't no R&B hip-hop nights on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah, bank holiday Sunday, where a club in the middle of nowhere gave a couple of black and Asian people yeah. a venue. And yeah. There weren't going white people there, and you can have that venue that day. Yeah. Oh, that's the truth. That's the way it absolutely. was. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, on a Friday, Saturday night, you as an Asian or black, yep, or coloured, try to get into a club would be hard work. Mm. That's the truth. 100%. Yeah. And... He, we had a meeting and he was like, Bali, look, I've seen what you've done. You've done the A-level results here. You've smashed it. What if I give you, um, and I did a couple of nights there already. And he goes, what if I give you a Friday night? I was like, what? A Friday night? I know it sounds quite shocking right now when I talk about R&B hip hop. But back in those days, you were right. You couldn't get Friday nights. You couldn't go to a venue. We weren't accepted in society. Mm. You, you went, you, and that was the truth of the matter. And when somebody said to me, you can have a Friday night, in one of the main nightclubs in the city, it took me back for a minute. I yeah. jumped on the opportunity. Absolutely. And um, I jumped on the opportunity and he goes, okay, let's make it happen. He gave me the night. They gave me a really crap deal, but it was a deal and I was making money. Yeah. So I was fine with it. I was like, get in the door and the rest will be history. Typical Indian. Uh, you got your foot in the door though, right? Definitely. I ended up lying down, never mind, foot in the door. <laughs> um, so the, the Friday night, first Friday night was a failure. It was a failure. We had like 150 people. I was like, oh my God, this is a mess. You know, this is not what I wanted. But we showed them service. There was girls painted in gold. There was confetti bombs going off 20 years ago. This was unheard of. Glitter. Of I was throwing glitter. Every, it was crazy. Anyway, it was crazy, right? We, we really, really, you know, pushed the boat out. It was like a money pennies night in yes, those days. Yes, pop, yes, pop, 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 Yeah. Yep. So it was a big thing, like this hip-hop and R&B night. And then all of a sudden, the next week, for 700 people. Wow. And it grew. And then it grew. And it, it grew. Then, I started put, then I put on Tim Westwood. Yep. And I, I always mention this guy called Floyd. He gave me my first break. Uh, Tim Westwood came and did a night in the club and um, his, I started talking to his bodyguard really nice guy anyway he goes Bali you know what sometimes I have clients in London which mm. I can't bring I can't take them out in London but I could bring them to this club because it's kind of cool 
could you organize something for me if I had to bring a celebrity? I was like, what kind of celebrity? He goes, don't worry about that. Can you organize something for me? I said, okay, cool. So um, this is 20 years ago, by the way, a long time ago. So a lot of the kids now won't even know the people I'm talking to. I'm talking about, this was like bringing Jay-Z or Usher, the person I'm going to talk Who about. Who was it? Now. Who was it? I'll tell you in a minute. You'll know. You are a fan. Um, so anyway, um, two weeks go by. I didn't think any of you know, people have conversations. He yeah, calls me. Bali, hey. Surprised. Yep. And he was like, Bali, I've got Drew Hill. Cisco. What? No way. Yeah, yeah, Cisco. He goes, I've got Cisco in London. He's he here for big back in the day. He was, he goes, he goes, he's performing with, he's opening for the party in the park for Radio wow. 1. So Cisco, Destiny's Child. Wow. And a, a load of other big acts, right? So I was like, so are you telling me Cisco's prepared to get in a car and drive two hours to Leicester? He goes, yeah. He wants to come check out the club. I've told him about the club. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yes, I'll deal with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I went, don't worry. And I, I put a post out. I put it out on Facebook. Or I, I sent a broadcast. I did something. I don't know what I did then. Text message then. And people like, bullshit. My this space. is a lie, buddy. It was probably my space back in those days, wasn't it? No, no. It was before then even. Was bro. it before then? It was text messaging. I had a, I had a Nokia then back in the day with Snake <laughs> on it. That's when it was. So anyway, I said, and I'm like, no way. You've got Cisco. I said, yeah, Cisco's coming. I did an after. So we did the club. And then we, we did the club. And then we did an after party on a boat, I think it's Melton Road. You know, Cabaloo's Hotel? Yes. Yeah, it's just off Melton Road. So we did an after party there for him. Yeah, you just bear off to the yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, to uh, Loughborough Road. Yep. So we did an after party there till five in the morning. People were going crazy. Cisco was like, yo, this is crazy. You know, I came here, I didn't expect this. And he had a really good time. And then that, that evening, that morning, the next day, he goes, Bali, you're coming to London with me. Wow. He goes, yeah, you're coming to London and you're going to join me at a party in the park. Wow. So I went backstage with Destiny's Child, Cisco, and a load of other celebrities. Wow. Yep, to do party in the park with Cisco. Amazing. So that was my first touch of fame. Floyd loved it. I, I looked after him, yeah. very happy. And the rest was history. Then all of a sudden, all these celebrities started coming from all over, all over the place. Was it on the back of, of Cisco talking about you? I think it was, yeah, and on the night, the hip-hop and R&B night, because there was no hip-hop and R&B nights on a Friday yeah. night. Yeah. So um, I think that helped, and we had the reputation. I had the Black Eyed Peas. Wow. Truth Hurts. Remember Truth Hurts and yeah, um, yeah. Dr. Dre? Yeah. What was the track? I forgot what it's called anyway. I know what it's you mean. Good. Yeah. Anyway, so I had uh, them come, Truth Hurts, Black Eyed Peas. Were touring with Christina Aguilera yeah. in Birmingham. They were the warm-up act for uh, Christina Aguilera. No but way. their track was at number one in the charts while they were on tour with her. Wow. So, Will I Am, everybody just got in the cars and came to Leicester and I had to kick them out of the club. Five in the wow. morning, I was kicking them out of the club. Like, yo, bro, come on, I've got to drop you back off. No way. So, yeah, that's how it started. I remember it was, it was Will... And, oh man, I forgot his other name. One of the guys used to wear a hat all the time, a Kangol hat, um, Prince. Anyway, he was one of the guys. And before I took him to the, my club, I took them to a Kudos. I remember that, yeah, creation. yeah, yeah. And I took the Black Eyed Peas to creation. No way. 
and the manager goes. Was it crazy? Or was it Crystal before when Crystal you went there? One of them. I think it might have been Crystal. Yeah. And I took him, and the manager was like, "Tell him to take his hat off." I went, "These are the black eyed people." He's like, oh, "I don't care." No I'm way. Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I remember that. But the whole point is, they came and I started a concert company, and then I basically launched a concert company and a PR company off the back of that. We did the Queen's Jubilee in Leicester. Wow. The Lord Mayor gave me a little opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got on with us. She used to be in my office smoking cigars. No way. That lady, yeah. It was a woman, yeah. Um, and we really got on and we, we did some stuff there. Uh, and then an opportunity came. Remember Sean Paul and Blue Cantrell? Yeah. The, the biggest track, You Only Love Me, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the biggest track he ever did. Well, one of the biggest tracks. I'm it's sure he has a lot more now. So that was huge. I got the opportunity to do his first ever European tour. Wow. So I bought three events of, um, of the tour. I did three concerts. I did London, I did Nottingham, and I did Scotland. I did the MTV, pre the MTV Awards pre-party. Wow. With Sean Paul. Um, and everybody turned up. Pharrell, Justin Timberlake, everybody was backstage at my, at, at my party. Wow. This was like, you know, wow. Crazy, and, yeah. And the key was, the best thing was, a company had come in, an American company had come in to sponsor the event because they saw what we were doing. And I gave them some serious exposure at the MTV Awards, Sean Paul, yeah. people saying their name. The American company called me in and said, look, we want to know more about your company. We're really interested about what you guys do. Hmm. So I drove up to Grosvenor House, uh, obviously London. I was a nightclub promoter yeah. uh, at that time. Um, before that, I just remembered, sorry. Before that, because my night was, sorry, I'm going to have to go back a bit here. No, Cisco, no, go back. Um, Cisco came. And then before, before that, the club, Poonana Group. Yeah, yeah, I remember Poonana. Yeah, they were going bankrupt. They went into receivership. Right. The owner called me. Yep. The owner, the big, big boss, said, do you want to buy the club off me? I said, yes. Okay. I had no money. <laughs> the lighting system in that place was 80,000 pounds. Bloody hell. 80,000 pounds. Yep. And um, the owner said, look, I'm in a problem right now. Um, what, you going, what are you going to give me? I want 60,000 pounds. And he goes, what are you talking about? Yeah, the yeah. lighting system alone, is. this is where I got it from. He goes, 80 grand I paid for the sound, sound and lighting in that place. Yeah, yeah. And you want to give me 60 for it? With the reputation the club got, has? Because the club had a good reputation anyway then. Yeah, yeah. But the whole group went bankrupt, so they had to get rid of everything. Yeah. So anyway, I managed to get the guy to take the 60,000 pounds, which I did not have. So how, well, you know, this is, again, this is that entrepreneurship in you, isn't it? Of you've course, seen, an, you've seen that opportunity. Yeah. Don't let it go. Yeah. And I knew I could make money. So what I did was, I did the deal. Yep. And I bought the club. And I paid the owner back with his own money that I made from the club. <laughs> wow. I didn't pay him. I paid him deposit. And the rest was paid on um, the money that I made from the nights in the club. I'm doing nights in the club. That's mad. Yeah. And then I, I refurbed the club. 
Are you calling it Kunan Hostel or do you no, change it? No, then we turned it into Lounge One. Yes, and I remember that. And that's when the concept company started and that's when Sean Paul came and that's when the yeah. American company got involved um, with us and they said, look, we like your company. We like what you do. We like the marketing side. We love your team. How about we buy you? I was like, okay. <laughs> um, this is, obviously, I don't know anything about share stocks. Of course, yeah. First mergers, pink sheets, NASDAQ. I don't know nothing about this. Yeah. This is all new to me. What exciting. Yes. Yeah. You know me. If, if um, I think I can give it a go, I'll give it a go. Absolutely. And, yeah. So they basically bought my company off me for half a million dollars. Half a million pounds. Wow. Of stock. Of That's stock, mad. not hard cash. Yeah, of yeah. stock. Yeah. So, but their share price was three cents a share at that time. Mm. So half a million's worth of stock in their company at three cents a share. It was a lot of stock. Absolutely. Anyway, I did the deal, sold it, got rid of the club, and we, I moved to Farnborough. I moved to their head office in London. And we basically handled the urban side yeah the business so we were we were the, their company basically made a hand, gaming console so they were like the ps remember the psp yeah yeah and i think it's still around now so yes. they were the, so they were the microsoft version of that right so basically they had a microsoft platform it wasn't a microsoft company yeah they had a microsoft platform the chip the processor was microsoft mm. anyway they had no games, had no content. They, they were finding it hard to get space in the market because they didn't have any game developers developing games for them. Yeah. If, if you know anything about gaming, you need 150 devices, 150,000 devices in the market before a, a Ubisoft or EA games will start making games for you. Right. Or Rockstar. Because, the big companies, yeah. And then they want a million dollars to make the development kit on top. But... Um, we didn't have the money and we yeah. didn't have the devices in the market because we were a new company and we were just developing the, the um, gaming device yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway we had the same problem whenever we used to go to do presentations to go to investors they were like what games have you got we were like Tetris and Hangman yeah I was like they were like okay come <laughs> back to us when you have real games when you got yeah so that was the problem anyway um, I used to go to all the gaming conventions around the world and Europe to basically showcase the gaming device. Hmm. So what our idea was we got break dancers, DJs, good looking girls and good looking guys to basically be on the stand. And everybody's like, whoa, whoa who are these guys? This is yeah. urban, this is cool, this is funky. Create, create that attention. We, were, we had break dancing going on our stage, all this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. It was cool, it worked. Yeah. Um, so what happened was E3 was one of the biggest gaming conventions in the world and it was 9-11 time right so okay. 9-11 I was wearing a turban I was beard um, obviously four, early 4% of Muslims wear turbans mm. but I wore a turban and the, the PR company which I'm not going to mention went to my CEO and said Bali can't go to an E3 because of the right. way he looks but my CEO turned around and said it's bullshit Bali's going yeah. Um, and called me into the office and said, look, these guys are saying this and started laughing. He went, like you're not going. Yeah. But I said, look, I do take his point. And I was in a corporate environment. 
of course. I changed my mentality and I went to him. I do understand their point and I will stay in the background. Yeah. Yep. Um, I did stay in the background, run the operation. And in LA, you don't see many Indians. Yeah. None at all. No, I've, I've been to LA. It's, it's such a big place anyway, isn't it? So you... Yeah. But you won't see any Indians in, in, in downtown LA, especially yeah. at a gaming conference. Yeah. 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 It's skateboarders. You yeah. Know, that kind of, you know, punk rock kind of mentality you know yeah. it's a different mentality mm. so anyway i'm hiding there in the background just running the operations the event's successful then i see a sikh a guy with a turban big turban and a massive beard he looks at me i look at him it's like you seeing a portuguese person yeah in yeah yeah south africa yeah you're in the middle of nowhere you, you understand so cool. we went up to each other and he was like hey how are you what are you doing here Sorry, just got to adjust myself. Um, how are you doing? What are you doing here? And I said, look, I'm with this gaming company. I'm one of the investors, one of the partners in the company. Um, let me show you what it is. And I didn't think he was anybody important. I thought he yeah. may be a programmer. Just, yeah. you know, out of courtesy, I showed him. And um, he goes, I like this. Um, and I said, our biggest problem is games. He goes, I like this. Maybe I can give you some games. I was like, oh, really? I was thinking, here comes te Treacherous Part 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Snake. Yeah. Um, and um, he passes me his business card. He was the managing director of Microsoft Japan. Wow. Who owned Rockstar Studios. Bloody hell. I went, I didn't say anything. I was like, oh, amazing, great. Let's, let's touch base after this. And um, I went to my... CEO at the time and I went look this guy just came and he's the C he's the GM and managing director of Microsoft Japan he was like what the Bali we need to talk to him where is he we went to the stands he wasn't there he's already left um, anyway I contact him I'm like hey you know he goes come over to Seattle you know where the, the uh, offices are uh, and I, I went over met him met his family had dinner and he goes you know what I'm going to help you guys out here. I like the device. It's a Microsoft platform. It makes sense for me to introduce you to my peers, his staff, basically. Yes. So we did a presentation to Microsoft Studios, and they basically allocated Halo. Wow. They said two, they said they're developing three games for us, and they said two other games, and they said, and the third one we can't announce. So everybody presumed it was Halo. Yes. So we presumed it was Halo as well. So as soon as the press release goes out, our share price from three, three cents, I think it was like $2 then, went to $32. Wow. Yeah. So overnight I became a, I was worth 28 million. Wow. Listen to this, yeah. Just go back two minutes. And like I said, Bali's not going. Yeah. Now, if you didn't go, because you wouldn't have that connection because he's, wearing the turban, he's got the beard. Yeah, yeah. You had that connection. Now, let's say they sent somebody else who never would have had that connection. This, would have, this would have never happened. But this just shows, like, the, the, the mentality of people sometimes. You've got to, you can't look at things like that way. Sometimes you know? people, people find it hard because they've grown up in a society that doesn't accept a certain race or religion. It's, it's That's crazy. The truth. But look, 
if that is the truth, but look how they would, that company would have probably gone down the pan, whereas you've made that company go stupidly high, right? Let me give you a prime example of this right now. Just imagine uh, our prime minister right now, yeah. Boris, yeah. Didn't, impl- didn't take on our Rishi. treasury secretary. Rishi. Rishi Sonak. Yep, who is now classed as a British hero for what he did for the people and the businesses. Yeah. True? Absolutely. So, so when you open your minds and take away the racism and the negativity, look what you can achieve. The you thing can is, achieve a greater Britain. The thing is, Bali, and a whether, world. Whether, whether you're Indian, Black, Chinese, it doesn't freaking matter, man. You know, you, you, you were all the same. Right, just because we have different, uh, we need. I, I can't believe that that racism is still so prevalent in the world that we're living in today. I, I don't get it. It's man-made. Yeah, it's terrible. It's made, and you know what racism's made? It's made by religion. Yeah. So it's made. It's yeah, made yeah. by religion. Um, and you can blame the Christian Christians. You can blame the the Jewish. You can mm. blame the Hindus. You can blame whoever you want. But at the end of the day, we're all human and we all have faced it at some point Absolutely. in our lives. Absolutely. A, a Jewish person's faced it. Even a Christian person's faced racism. Well, put it this way, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm Catholic, although I'm not, yeah. really, I'm not religious. My family are Catholic. I'm, I've never really been a religious person. Um, but, you know, I suffered a lot of racism when I first moved to this country because I couldn't speak the language. You know, I was yeah. different. I wasn't, I didn't look English. I don't look English, you know, and it was tough. I mean, the first five, seven, seven years here in the UK, I found it really hard, yeah. really hard. Being, and, you know, being, being called a Paki was normal. Yeah, I mean, my wife, same, my wife's Indian, as you know, and, you know, she, she got called, she, she went to a prominent English school because she went to Kipworth. Yeah. And, you know, she got called Paki all the time. That Even though she sense. wasn't, <laughs> she's yeah. not from Pakistan, she's, yeah. she's Hindu Punjabi, so... I, I, rem- I remember that in school and I used to, used to get so much um, shit from kids, um, the, the older kids and the bullies and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I remember when um, I said it on another interview, they used to come up to me and used, I used to wear the little handkerchief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to come up to me and rag me about my bubble. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Is that why yeah. you think you got into kickboxing? No, I don't think. No, it wasn't. No. Tell you the truth. Um, they used to grab my bubble. And um, what I used to do is, I didn't care. After they did that, you know what I'd go and do? I'd go smack them. Yeah, you, you and, and let me finish this. Yeah. I'd go smack them and get beat up. Yeah, but you tried. And then, and then the next time they did it. You did it again. I, I used to smack them, then get beat up. But they realized this guy is not going to stop. I remember this one guy used to bully me all the time, right? And we were going to the swimming baths. Yes. And then back in the day, I used to have my bubble and I had really long hair and I used to plait my hair. Yeah. Right. So I have this massive long ponytail. Yeah. Right. And we just come out of the swimming, which we were getting changed in the changing rooms. Yes. Yep. And my hair is wet. I, I remember him saying something. What I did was I got my hair. I'm on about a meter long hair. Smacked him with your hair wet. I lassoed it and smacked him on the back. He had the 
biggest red mark you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and he screamed like a girl and everybody was in laughter. And they, you know what the bullies thought? This guy's not going to stop. So then This guy's not going to leave him. He's, if we keep on picking on him, he's going to embarrass us. He's going yeah. to slap us. He's going to pull down our... our, our no, I, I used to pull down their trousers. That played uh, to you, mate. The gym. I used to get battered so much. It was hilarious. You know what? This reminds me of, of a story my dad used to tell me. So my dad, growing up um, in, his, in his day, they had a group of friends. And in that group of friends, there was this one lad. There was the smallest guy, the skinniest guy, and everybody used to pick on him. And what this guy used to do, this is no word of a lie. This, and my dad's told this story many, many times. So let's say, for example, you picked on him today. You'd call him a name. You'd slap him about. He wouldn't say nothing to you. He'd leave it a week, two weeks, four weeks, sometimes two months, right? You forgot about the whole situation. You're going by yourself past a tree. My guy comes from behind a tree and, and knocks you out. <laughs> he did yeah. that all the time, right? My, my dad says we got to a point where we were scared of him because <laughs> we didn't know when he was going to come back and hit us. So yes. it could be, it could, it could have been three months and you forget because, you know, you, you were just having yeah, a joke. Or even, yeah. yeah. But that guy always came back. In the end, no one ever picked on him ever again. It's a little always bit like what you're saying, right? Let them, if you, if you back down, they won't back down. Yes. They will carry on until you collapse or your parents find out about it. Yeah. Don't let it get to that stage. Yeah. Oh, yourself. I know it's easy for me to say. Yeah, you yeah, have that mentality. Some people don't have that mentality. It's easy for me to say, but if you need to go to your parents, there's nothing wrong with going to your parents. No, totally. I talk to my parents. Yep. You know, if, if now I could change the way I was, I'd go to my parents. Let them handle yeah. it. That's their yeah. job. Yeah. You don't need to be, being a kid, you need to be a kid. Let Absolutely. your parents handle the idiots. Absolutely. So don't get involved in it. Let your parents do it. Yeah. Don't be, don't be afraid or embarrassed of telling your parents that you're being bullied. No, totally. There's nothing to be ashamed because these people are the people that need to be ashamed, not you. You say that. I'll tell, I'll tell you a story that uh, happened to me in Portugal. It's not in, in the UK. Um, there was a guy called Andre. He was two years older than me. And um, he used to be a bully. And he bullied me. And one day I came home and I used to live with my mom and dad, mom and, dad and my grandparents at the time. And um, my, grand, my granddad, his name was Helder as well. And he was my best friend. So I could always talk to him. So yeah. I came home and I was crying. And um, he said to me, I was, probably, I was probably 12. And he was like, what are you crying about? And he goes, I explained the situation to him. And my granddad was the nicest guy. He's not violent, nothing. Yeah. And he said to me, hold on, look, I'm going to tell you this right now. Tomorrow, you go to school. And I'm not saying for the kids to do this now, because I don't think now we're li living in different times. Yeah, um, definitely. He goes, go to school and you better beat this guy up. Because if you don't, when you come home, I'm going to beat you up. <laughs> I'm like, mate, I'm going to bed. I'm crying my eyes out. I'm like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I'm going to get beat up tomorrow at school. And then I'm going to get beat up when I get home. So I didn't sleep the whole night, right? The whole night. Anyway, I've gone to school. In my head, I'm just trying to work it out. So I'm walking to school. No one freaking driving me to school. As I'm yeah. walking, to, I'm working out in my head. How the hell am I going to beat this guy up, right? This guy is like two years older than me. He's so much bigger than me. I can't do this. Anyway, I've got to do it. I want to at least give it a go. So I went and, mate, I battered this guy. I don't know where he came from. I don't know. Anyway, I was so happy, right? The teacher, I got, I, the teacher actually took me home because like, what the hell? So I got home 
And my grandma was at home. Everyone else was at work. So my grandma, What's, what got into you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, this guy's been booning me for a while. And granddad said. <laughs> <laughs> so my grandma's like, what do you mean he said that? And goes, yeah, that's what he said. So that's what I had to do. I was scared of him. Anyway, my granddad comes home. He was so happy. He was like, well done. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> and then my mum was like having a go at him. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You can't be saying this stuff to him. But you know what? That guy never picked on me again. Sometimes you have to stand your ground in yeah. life. And business I, as well. Yeah. But you know, you, you had that this, conversation earlier. You learn this and you take that into life, right? And um, it, it's not just, you know, as a kid, you learn from these situations and there's certain situations in business that you might have to stand up for yourself, right? And you need to, so, you know, I think it does, uh, um, as a kid, like you said, you know, learning from your dad, the fact that you got bullied, all of the things has probably made you who you are today, a strong character, that you can speak to anybody. Hey, they tried to bully me. I didn't get bullied. Exactly. They tried to bully you. But you know what? <laughs> well, it made you, I did, yeah. It made, you, it made you a stronger person, right? Of course it does. And everything now, that you, everything you've, in my life, and I've always said it, everything I fail in is an education. Absolutely. It's a learning curve, right? 100%. No, it's, a, it's not a curve. It's a learning. It's a lesson. It's yeah. a degree in life. Yes. And you know, don't get me wrong. I've just told you about making 28 million. Yep. I lost it overnight. I came back to England with $3,000 in my pocket and a family to feed. Did you go bank gambling? The comp no, the company went bankrupt. The, the directors uh, of the company and the CEO who was running it at the time made some bad, really bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft wanted to buy our company. They said, no, we want to go alone. Okay, and right, right. Um, the company collapsed. And the company lost $400 million. And that's it. That company was worth a billion dollars. And overnight, wow. it was worth zero. Wow. So I came back and I became a doorman. I remember that. I remember you being a doorman. I came back, became a doorman. And I stood on the doors and people came back to me. And people that used to work for me, people that didn't really like me. And they used to come up and have their digs. Oh, yeah, yeah, you lost everything. Oh, yeah. Life's rough. You know, I'm like, yeah, all good. Anyway, I carried on doing what I was doing. Yeah. Um, you know, fended for my family and did what I needed to do. And at the same time, I was trying to look for other opportunities. And I found them. Randomly, somebody calls me because everybody knew I was in the nightlife business. Yes. And I'm going to cut this short because we're, we can carry yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, somebody called me randomly saying, Bali, can you get 50 cent? I was like, uh, no, I think, yeah, he wanted 50 cent or P. Diddy. I said, no, I can't get them right now. But who I can get you is, um, I can get you Pharrell. I was really close with NERD. Yeah. Remember NERD? I remember them very well. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. The Neptunes. Yeah. So I basically contacted the Neptunes because I had a relationship with them from, from before. The, yep. And I said, look, there's an offer from Spain. Yeah. Are you interested? They said, okay, what is the offer? We gave them the offer. They said, yeah, we'll do it. So I went to... Um, I went to Spain with Pharrell. The people who owned a hotel and the people from the nightlife there loved me. And I ended up moving into the nightlife industry in Spain. And this is where I am Where about In Marbella, is that where you went? Yep. Wow, I'm, I, what, what year was that then? Oof, 11 years ago. 11 years ago? Wow. So what, when did the rich list start? Um, six, seven years ago? No, more. Longer? Yeah. 
longer. I can't even remember. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know when I went to that? Um, I went to. Oh tour, yeah. I went to tour. Did you, jacuzzi, did you do the jacuzzi party? I did the. Can't remember which one I did. I did. I definitely. I did one in the Grange at the St Paul's. Yeah. Where we it was crazy. New Year's Eve. Okay, but you didn't go to the champagne spray one, did you? No. No, you didn't. Bruce went. You know Bruce from. Um, yeah. Bruce. Bruce went to the one I went to though. He went, he went to all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, one night I was in London. I remember this so clearly. And I, I, I rang you and I says, oh, um, I'm in London. And you, go, you said, I've got a night tonight at the Grange, but it was near Edgware Road, not the St. Yeah. Paul's one, a bit yeah. older one. And um, it, was, it was in a basement and you had Jermaine Defoe come. Oh, maybe, do you, yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah, a pyjama, was... pyjama party. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Was that a, your, uh, the start of your rich list? Was that the kind that of one of the start? first nights I did? Yeah, right. And after that, it blew up and it went around the world. We ended up in Dubai. We ended up in um, all over, everywhere. Miami. I've done events. I've done events all over the world since. Yeah, then. I mean those those two nights, me and my wife, we still remember them. They were. Brilliant. I remember now. Yeah, you guys came. Yeah. And, and do, you know, do you know one thing, Bali? And I've got to say this because I, this is important to me. I was still a doorman then, by the way. Were you? Of course I was, I'm still doing the doors. He's still doing the doors. And I was this still was... doing the doors when I was doing those parties. But do you know what though, this is why, this is why I think it's important. And I really, I wanted to speak to you today, not because of where you are today, but because of your journey to get to where you are today. Because yeah. the message that I want to put across to, to everyone, because everybody thinks, right? Whether it's fat loss, whether it's gaining a, an amazing body or making loads of money, everybody thinks, they look at you now, I'm like, oh, I want to look like you. Or I want to have what you have. I'm like, you don't understand. I've been training for 20 years. Like, I've made so many mistakes. And like, just listening to you right now, to where you are today, you know, you, you've gone up and down, up and down. You know, you've gone from uh, making 28 million quid in one night to going to work the doors. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you, but what, what, you were a resilient guy. And you, 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 you had haters with, oh, look at him now. I think you thought he was a bad guy, but now look, he's in the dumps. But look, look where you are today, right? That just shows that if you've got the willpower, you've got the, the, the mindset to work hard, you can achieve whatever you like, in, whatever you want in life, right? I believe that. I really believe that. But what I wanted to say is, I, I've known you for many years since Leicester Kickboxing. That's where I met you, Spike's gym, yeah. right? So we're going back to 2005. Yeah. We're now in 2020. So that's 15 years I've, I've known you. And although we haven't been close friends, I've known you as a person, right? Yeah. And even today, so I text you, and I want people to know this. You are a successful guy. You've done all this in life. I text you, answered me immediately, and you're now on a podcast with me. You're not too big for your own boots, right? You want me? Why would I be? But unfortunately, Bali, Bali, but unfortunately, it doesn't matter how many years you've known me. This is because your character, you've got a good character. You're a good person. You're a good human being. There's a lot of people out there Thank that fame, fame gets to their head. Money gets to their head. And this is something I really like about you. And I wanted to share with the world. Like, look, this gentleman right here talking to us today, yeah. he's done everything. He's gone up and down, up and down, up and down. He's now probably one of the most successful people that I know, for sure. You know, you, you go to his, I know social media, whatever people want to say, you go to his Instagram page, he's got over 100,000 followers. You know, that's, that's, that's big in today's world, whether you like to admit that or not. You know? In, in my eyes, in my, in my eyes. I know it's not in your eyes. No, because 
because I always say this to people and when we talk about social media, it's always key to talk about this. Yeah. It's not about the number of people I've got. No, it's about the quality it's about, of the number. It's, it's about, and this is what I say, Richness has around 100,000 people as well. Yeah. But it's only the thousand people out of that 100,000 people that come to my parties, which are multimillionaires. Yes. So when you guys see numbers on social media, don't think it's a, a major thing. Totally. The major thing is, if you can make those people that follow you your clients, and that's what I did. So don't think about, if I get a million followers, you're I'm going to get rich. a million customers. No, you're not. No, of course not. No. Get yourself 10 customers to build your foundation, guys. So I, that's what I, I wanted to say. Sorry. And you know, sorry no, to I, to I, to I totally agree with you on that situation because although I'm nowhere near you in terms of followers, and I don't, I don't, I'm not chasing followers, I don't really care. Um, Me neither. I think I've got 2,000 followers on my Instagram, right? I would say 50 to 60 of those following me and my clients. That's what you need. That, that's a very small, very small percentage, but I don't really care because- so They're the ones that pay the bills. Absolutely, absolutely. Keep the lights on. Absolutely, mate. And you know what? Those are, they follow you, they comment on your posts. They're the ones that believe in you and what you do. Sure. Other people, they're just being, just being nosy, to be honest. Uh, and that's, that's social media for me. I, I, I'm a, I totally agree on, with you on that, social, on that side of things. But what I, what I, wanted, I think the point that I wanted to, to put across today is, because I know how successful you are, but a lot of people maybe listening to this may not know, especially because the podcast and people that follow me don't probably follow your world, right? They follow the fitness and wealth, health world, not necessarily nightlife world and, you know, death one, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it all sounds amazing that you, you know Pharrell and you know 50 Cent and you, 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 you deal with these people, which is amazing, right? In most people's heads. But you're still a humble, amazing human being, right? And that, that is you, man. I'm always me. I've always been me. I'll always be that person that anybody can pick up the phone and call. People always get nervous asking for my number. I'm like, why? You're my yeah. friend. I've known you forever. Why would I change? I, I, I have seen it in the past. Don't get me wrong. I have seen it with a lot of people in life. But all of a sudden you think, wow, really? Mm. But with me, I've just always been me. You know, even if I'm with 50 Cent, or I'm with Trey Songs, or I'm with Ush, uh, if I'm with Neo, whoever I'm with, they're just people to me, man. They're just humans, right? They're just, I talk to them the same way I talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why would I change? But this and is what you I know what? And the main thing is, guys, and this is something that I, for, for business, whoever you are in front of, be you. Don't be scared of being you and trying to be somebody else. You don't need to do that. The reason why I got where I am today is because I'm the person I am. And when I've been I, yourself. I, I've been to Jay-Z's um, Jay um, concerts like twice, three times backstage with him in his green room where they're having dinner and we're all hanging out. I never had one picture with him. But never asked him for a picture. No, only the key is... Not okay, only sorry. that, Bali. Not only that, Bali. I've never heard you put that on social media. Would I? But exactly. the main thing is, the main thing is what I'd like to say is, it's key. And a very, very clever person told me this. A mentor of mine. And I don't say I have many mentors. Yep. I maybe have two mentors. One was would be Kevin Lyles, the former CEO of Def Jam Records. Yeah. I think you guys know him now. He's the CEO of. 300 Entertainment, which is Migos. Right. Yep. He's family to me. I always 
look up to, and another guy called Jojo Brim, yep, who, who was Trey Song's manager, and I was their branding manager uh, for Trey Song's. He said to me, Bali, the key of success is when you're ever in a place, act like you're meant to be there. You act out of place, you do something like a, like a, a fan, they will always treat you like a fan. You talk to them and you hang out with them like a person, they'll treat you like a person and they might want to even hang out with you. And that's the way I've always been successful. Amazing, amazing. That's just, so, well, but you can, put, you can put that into anything in life. It doesn't have to be just around, uh, you know, it could be around your boss at work. It could be around a girl that you find really attractive, but you haven't got that thing because you think you may be not worth it. But if you act that way, then you're not worth it. Let me give you a prime example. The reason why I'm me, yeah. right? Um, this was how many months ago did we meet, Aaron? I mean, you know Aaron Lambo? Yeah, I know Lambo, yeah. Yep. So I only knew Aaron from social media. Yep. And I was walking in the port, me and Anna, and he was walking the other way. And I just said hello to him. I said, hey, you're right. Um, you know, um, how come you're here? And I just had a casual conversation. I went, look, I, I live here. I'm from around here. If you need any, he goes, I'm thinking about getting a place here. I went, I can introduce you to some real estate agents. Yeah. Yep. Take my number. I messaged me. I didn't ask for his number. And uh, he sent me an SMS straight away. Now he's in your world. I know Lambo really well. I'm good friends with him. Yeah? yeah. Well, tell him you're, 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 yeah, you're yeah, friends yeah. with me. So, um, and now me and Aaron, just because I didn't take Aaron on face value. Because when yeah. somebody sees Aaron, they're yep, scared. That's and it's, it's the same with me. People yeah. take me as, they think, oh, Indian, you know, oh, terrorist. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the truth. But I've always took people for who they are. And I saw some things what Aaron posts on social media, which I liked about him. Yep. And that's he's why just, I approached He's him. just real, isn't he? Yeah, so now me and Aaron, we hang out. He, he lives in Marbella. Does he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He trains at Reebok as well. Do you, do you know where, he, where I met Lambo? At Dad's where? gym. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. He, he was. Dad's ball. He just came out of jail, Lambo, back then for the yeah. Harry Potter thing. Do you remember the Harry Potter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about he, it, yeah. Ju he just came out of jail then. We're going back a few years now. Yeah, of course. And yeah. It, it wasn't, it was little guy, mate. He wasn't, he's yeah. massive now. Yeah. And what the, 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 his success again, another successful guy that just worked hard, you know, be, be, he was himself the whole time. He didn't try and be nobody else. He did what he had to do and now he's doing amazing. Fair play to him. I remember when, when I said to him, why don't you come to Formula One? And we've not known each other for a long time. I went, what are you doing? He goes, I'm bored. I'm in yeah. my bed. I went, what are you doing this weekend? And um, I said, why don't you come to Formula One? Yeah, are you yeah. serious? He went, yeah, yeah, come as my guest, no problem. I'll tell you the hotels are booked and blah, blah. Anyway, he paid his own way, booked his hotel. And I, I took him and I'm and not going to say they're like my cars. Everybody else. Yep. I'm not going to say my cars, but I sent him a Maybach. I sent him a Bentley. I sent him a Rolls Royce because I had them. Because yes. I work with these companies. Yeah. So he was like, thanks for showing me all this appreciation. And now me and him are working together on a couple of projects. There you which go. Which is great. And, but because and I took him for who he was. Exactly. And you know what? Let me go back to that again. You sent him the Maybach, whatever, right? Let's go back when you started, when you're still doing the doors and you, you did the Grange at St. Paul's. When me and my wife came, you sent a bottle of um, Grey Goose to my table. You're still there, mate. You're still there, Bali. I think we've lost him.
think. Did you lose it? Yeah, connection dropped. Don't worry. Don't worry. Did you I'll say, just, did, I'll just did say, you record it though? Yes, recorded. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. I, I was just saying uh, that um, um, back in the day when you first started, me and Selena came to the green. Yeah. You sent bottles of Grey Goose and champagne to our table without, even, without me even asking for it. Yeah, of course. Because that's the kind of person that you are. And you're doing that now at probably a, a higher level, but you're still yeah. being that guy. Does that make sense? I just can't help it. It's just... I, that's I, and I don't see next to me now, but she won't come on the video. But she, she sometimes she she hates me for it because sometimes people abuse me, and you yeah. know people take advantage of that, don't they? Yeah, some people do, and, yeah. and she's she's managed to move those people away from me many Good. a times. Good. But sometimes, like I said, I, I'll give you a prime example right now. I'm going to mention another friend of mine. Yeah, I'm standing in the Formula One in Abu Dhabi at the hotel on our desk. Yeah, randomly. Some guy comes up to me, right? Yeah. No, no, no. This is not what this is not what happens. So <laughs> I see, I see a sardar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy yeah, with yeah. the turban. The turban, yeah. Standing at the bar, but he's with another guy. Yeah. Yep. Who's got um, um, he's got um, a skin disorder, the same as my daughter, vertiligo. Yes, yes. Right. I I go up to him, and um. I say hello to the Sadat and this guy with vertiligo, he goes, I saw you looking at me, but you think, who the hell is this crazy guy with this vertiligo? Yeah, he, was a, he was a character. He had a cowboy hat on. Yeah. I went, the reason I've come up to you, my daughter has the same thing. Yep. So that's why I came up to you. And I came up to you because you're with a Sadat. He goes, oh, he goes, okay, cool. Anyway, he goes, I went, what are you doing? He goes, I'm just going to go see the car, going to see the race. I went, no, you're coming to see the race with me. And I didn't, I didn't know who this guy was. Yep. Um, and I said, you're coming to party on my table with me. I don't party. But I took him to my table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. And the champagne and, you know, you I said, know, yeah. all, all your friends, you need, how many passes do you need? Here you go. And they watched the race. Do you know who he was? No. He was the president of the FIA India. Wow. The Formula One. He sits on the Formula One board. Oh, the guy right. called Gotham. He had Paddock Club and he had all the access to everything. All of he can go sit next to whoever he wants, basically. Yeah. He can go anywhere. And he, he's the guy called Gotham Sagania. I think his net worth is around I think four billion. Wow. He he and he, he kept on saying to me. <coughs> I'm going to have to d delay my flight, delay my flight. He went ho he was meant to go home right after the race. He went home the next morning. Yeah. And he goes, I had to pay for, you know, he had his own jet. Wow. So he went on his jet and, and, and ended up having a relationship and being his friend and blah, 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 blah. And now me and him again, we hang out. He invites me to his events. I invite him to mine. Exactly. We're friends. We FaceTime. He lives in. He lives in a 35-story mm. building. All his house is 35 stories. Yeah. Five floors of his house are just cars. But this just shows you the power of networking and the power of being a good person. Just being and normal. And being genuine. And not having an ego. Not be walking around like I'm the owner of the... I like never you own everything. Yeah. 
That's not you, right? That's not who you are. And that's what I love about you. And this is why I wanted to share this with the world because I want people to realize that, the, that you know, it doesn't matter how much money you have, it doesn't matter what kind of body you have, that can be taken away like that. It's you as a person, you, your, your personality, who you are, that's what counts, that's what matters. So the humbler you are, the humbler yeah. you are yeah. in life, the further you will get. Yeah. And you know what? I wanted to ask, I wanted to end this with, to ask you a question. I want you to share your thoughts on this. To I me, to have a glass of water. success, success. To me, success is the word I keep saying, regardless. That's why I call the, the breathe success. What would you, what would you say to anyone listening to this right now, whatever they want to be successful in, what would you say is the biggest thing uh, that they should do to, to be successful? Get your basics right. That's yep. Yeah, that's be prepared to not sleep. Be prepared to work and not get it easy. And don't forget your family. I know you're, yeah. a big, you're a big family guy, right? I am now because of my wife. Yeah. She changed the person I was. Um, and now my biggest got success is my family. Is that's that what you, I believe. Would you say that's your, the biggest drive to be successful is to provide for your family? I think, look, people always say I provide for my family. I provide for myself as well of to course. live my life. Of course. And go to the places. But yes, I believe my family, my parents, is my responsibility to look after them. And it always will be. That's me as a, as a man, as, as a person. It's key to me. Yeah. Well, thanks for look that. Family. Family. Man, look after your family. Yeah. And if you look after your family, God will look after you. The rest will just follow. Be a good yeah. person. That's it. Uh, I think don't, the key... let, don't let your successes kill you. Because that's what kills you, success. You know what I mean by success kills you? Because something that might be success to you is nothing to the rest of the world. Absolutely. You it's what might you perceive. Think I, you see, you might think I'm successful. To me, I'm not successful. Yeah, you still want to strive not for Not because more. of my ego or because of my greed. No. It's because maybe I'm put onto this earth to do something better. Yeah. To change something. That's your goal in life. Yeah. If you have that goal in your mind, you're nowhere. You're no yeah. one. Yeah. We've only just started our journey. Look at you. Yep. And it's a, it's a prime example. People look at you at this amazing bodybuilder who's a fitness coach, amazingly ripped, fitness, but amazing body. But to you, not enough. You've got a long journey, right? Absolutely. You never stop learning. You carry on moving. You carry on you striving forward. That's just life, isn't it? Don't get caught. Don't get caught up in your own hype. Yeah. A lot of people do it. A lot of these influencers. Yep. Oh, I've got a million people on Instagram. Oh, look at me. I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Have you got have you, have you got a thousand pounds to pay for this ticket? Exactly. Love you. See you later. <laughs> yeah, don't matter how many followers you have. Where's where's your million followers now? They don't pay your bills, still do broke. they? You're still yeah. broke. There you go. So be humble. And if the same person, a different person came to me with ten thousand followers, <clears throat> and this is the truth, or even a thousand followers, and it was humble and a nice person. And spoke to me with respect. I'd be like, yeah, come join my table. No problem. Absolutely. And I've done it many a times. And Anna's like, I know. Wow, okay. I know. You know it's, it's just me. Because if you're a nice person, if you're a nice person, it will come back to you. If you're not a nice person, 
bad things will come back to you. I think the biggest thing to take away from this is work hard, be humble, and just be nice, right? Yep. Doesn't matter what, what, where you are in life, whether you whether you're a social media star, whether you're a Formula One driver, whether you Bali, whether you me, the key is be humble and, 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 and just just never think you're too big for your own boots, right? You can always do better. Absolutely. You can always That's strive for more. Try, try, not for more, to be better. To, for, that's yeah, my key. That's what to I mean. Be I'm a better yeah. person. Not for more money or more greed or more. No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean for more in terms of being a better person. The more you grow as a person, the more you will receive in life. I tell you what, I need to, to, to we need to stop being going for now for ages. But one thing that I, that's changed my life hugely, I don't know about you, is I, it's knowledge. For me, it's all been about learning. It's all been about educating myself in, in different areas. I didn't read a book till, until maybe five years ago. But since then, I've probably read 20 books a year. Oh, uh, all on, on different things, not just, not just health and fitness. But you know what? That's changed my approach towards life. It's changed my approach towards everything. <clears throat> because and who made you read the books? I'll tell you who's made me read the books. You're not going to believe this. So there was a guy called Ty Lopez. You might have heard of him from L.A. He's big, yeah. big, big guy. Type Ty Lopez into social media or, or, or yeah. Google. Um, and he, he's, he's, he's the one. He started talking about reading, reading, it's all about books. I'm like, what is, what's this guy on about? And um, I started following him. Although I don't follow him anymore now because I think he's got a bit too big for his own boots, put it that way. Uh, but but um, he had this thing called the 67 Steps, which is a program that he was selling. Um, and I purchased this program for $60. And at the time, I didn't have that much money. Yeah. Oh, you're going to spend $60 on this crap. That's just another thing that you're doing. It's not going to be worth it. And you know what? It changed my life. The one thing that I did on the back of that is starting to read. Okay. And that's, that's what cool. I got. I, on the, that's all I got from Ty Lopez is the fact that I need to read. And I need to step. Read, absolutely. Step I, need to, I need to read different things, not just about things I'm interested in. I need to read about religion. I need to read about life. I need to read about... <laughs> people that have been successful. I need to be around people that have not been successful, you know? I need to be around loads of different things. And you know what? It's opened, my horizon has gone from this to this. It's been Always a learn. That's You're what I mean. So, uh, education never... and learning. And you know, traveling has been another thing for me. I mean, traveling the world with my wife, we travel a lot, as you've probably seen it. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, the people you meet, the different cultures, you know, you should, you, like I've got friends all over the world because like, I'm like you, I just talk to anyone. You know, yeah. I, I'm not big, big boots. I'm just, whoever you are, I'll talk to you. That's yeah, my, wife, my wife's completely the opposite. She's, she's very secluded. Same as Selena. Um, she's like, why do you keep on talking to random people? Yeah, I is the same. Yeah, but then sometimes it pays off when yes. I talk to random people. And sometimes she's like, oh my God, these weirdos won't leave us alone. I know, but, I know. So, you know, sometimes Huh? Been yeah. there, done that, mate. Like so many yeah. times by the pool and somewhere, start talking to yeah. people, and then the whole holiday, they, don't, they just don't leave you alone. Like, oh my god, I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> no, she, sometimes we meet good people. Sometimes, exactly, exactly. But you know what, Bali? I just wanted to thank you for taking no over over an hour of your time. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time out and letting me be on your podcast. I appreciate uh, it, mate. I, look, I'm, I'm, it's it's only my third episode so the fact to have you on it it's it's amazing thank you so much for being here mate and please send me the links and obviously i'll share it on my absolutely. social media for sure and um hopefully people will like it out there 
I'm sure they will, mate. Thank you for sharing your message with, with the world. And uh, stay safe over there in Spain. Um, and uh, yeah, nice to meet Anna. I hope you guys stay safe and I hope to come to Marbella and uh, see you guys face to face. Soon. Always welcome, brother. Always right, welcome. Mate. You have a lovely uh, evening, guys. Okay. And I'll catch you soon. Take care, buddy. See you Bye. later.